0: He's here. He's here. Now, in a random student media building, deep in the bowels of the recording studio, under the wooden plaster of a marked building, we once again make contact with our lead analyst, Scott Harris. Hey, 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 people. Scott here. Coming back you at you now. Uh... On another episode of Capitol Hill Landscaping with Scotty, today is November 30th. Tomorrow uh, tomorrow's December, the final, final month of 2022 is upon us, and a lot's happened since uh, the midterm, so let's get started with um, probably one of the most bizarre stories I have heard or witnessed in uh, quite some time, honestly. Now, if you don't know, um, Kanye West uh, met with uh, Trump recently at Mar-a-Lago. What's interesting is that um, his entourage that accompanied him was none other but uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos? His acronym name that he came up with himself. And uh, Nick Fuentes. Uh, Two very, very interesting characters. Uh, So the three of them uh, met for Trump, uh, met with Trump at the Mar-a-Lago Resort Hotel, Trump's personal and current residence. And some very interesting words were reportedly exchanged uh, during this dinner. We have a quote from Trump coming from his Truth Social app. Uh, Donald Trump tweets, or I guess truths, uh, quote, so I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black, yay, Kanye West parentheses, who has been decimated in his business and virtually everything else, and who has always been a good, who, yeah, who has always been good to me, by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar a Lago alone, so that I can give him very much needed advice. He shows up with three people, two of which I didn't know, and the other, a political person who I haven't seen in years. I told him, don't run for office, a total waste of time, can't win, fake news, went crazy, is what Trump said on True Social. Now, Kanye, um, in a now deleted video on his Twitter, but luckily news articles were able to uh, pick up the pieces from it still before Kanye deleted it. I don't know why specifically, he just did. Uh, Quote, when Trump's... Kanye, Kanye says, quote, when Trump started basically screaming at me at the table, telling me I was going to lose, I mean, I, I, has that ever worked for anyone in history? I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, Trump. You're talking to Ye. So Trump is basically saying, oh, I basically politely said, hey, don't run. Uh, and Kanye is basically saying, oh, he screamed at me, basically. Of Obviously, this is hearsay. There's No video evidence or no other accounts that I've seen so far to kind of back any of this up. So, um, I guess, believe who you want to believe. Um, Regardless, a meeting between Trump, Kanye, Nick Fuentes, and Milo Yiannopoulos wasn't on my bingo card. Uh, Still more to come. I guess I should mention who are Milo and uh, Nick? Well, Milo um, was, I say was because he's irrelevant, he's been irrelevant for years and years, was a British political commentator who is now Kanye's campaign manager for his 2024 presidential campaign. Uh, If you don't remember, uh, Kanye ran in 2020, his campaign was like two or three months before election day, and he garnered like 60,000 votes across the country, mainly in Tennessee of... All places. Anyways, Milo, an ex-editor at uh, Breitbart, and also a, uh, quote, ex-gay man. uh, Milo has been accused for advocating for uh, pedophilia in a resurfaced clip. Uh, He quit Breitbart and lost his uh, speaking spot at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Basically, when that video surfaced, his career went down and he basically lost everything and uh, is now... Well, he was irrelevant. I, he was very prominent in, like, 2015, 2016, and 2017. And then, like, I heard nothing about him, like, after the video. But the thing is, the video resurfaced in, like, 2019. And, like, he he fell off kind of before that in terms of relevancy. And now he's Kanye's campaign manager, so I don't know how that's going to work or look or uh, whatever. And then Nick Fuentes is the host of America First. He's a self-identified incel, incel, involuntary celibate. Or, yeah, involuntary celibate. It's the reverse. It's basically, how do I put this in? How do I explain this? Uh, Good for viewers. Um, So it's the opposite of being celibate, which is to choose... A life of, uh, no sex, basically. Uh, involuntary celibate is basically someone who doesn't, or can't, or like, can't even get a date, basically. But he's a self-identified incel. And, um, he's now Kanye's communication lead or expert. He has access to his Twitter account, even. Uh... Nick Fuentes, he attended January 6th. He also attended Charlottesville back in 2018. He was banned off of YouTube in 2020. Uh, he's the host of AFPAC, which is America First Political Action Conference to rival uh, CPAC. Uh, he's very, in terms of his relevancy, he's maintained and sort of within what it would be his sphere because there's people who blindly worship and follow him, obviously, like everybody, every political figure or whatever, or just every popular person in general has their their own ride-or-die core fan base that will never desert them, no matter what they say or whatnot. Uh, But in terms of what his associated circle would be, or the people you think would like him, Uh, don't like him, and he's pretty hated within his own sphere, i.e. the far right. He's basically hated within... He's hated within the far right, and he's just despised. Uh, Funnily enough, well, actually fun, I remember hearing this clip a while back, uh, but this clip was played on uh, national television on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, actually, of all places. uh, His infamous really... Most, one of the most interesting things he said, because he's a very like, he's a Holocaust denier. He's a very he wants a Catholic theocracy state, basically, uh, like a totalitarian state. It's he's a very perplexing individual. Like I can't I can't really describe him into words. You would have to basically do like a deep dive or go down his rabbit hole anyway if you want to. Because he's such an oddball of a character. His most famous quote that he gets, is he said once on stream, uh, having sex with women is gay. That's an actual quote from him. Um, He's very odd. I I don't understand this man at all. Uh, And that quote was uh, played last night on Jimmy Kimmel. Or two nights ago, I should say all over national television and now he is uh in charge of uh Kanye's Twitter or at least has access to it uh anyway quite the interesting trifecta of characters if anything i i don't understand, I don't see i don't see exactly where uh this is going how is it's going to end up um all i know is that the fallout from This meeting, whether you believe who said what or what, um, it doesn't matter because basically all of Trump's enemies has like massive amounts of ammunition they can use against him now. Why? Well, he met with Nick Fuentes. Regardless, Connie said uh, Trump's called Nick Fuentes impressive. Trump said he doesn't know Nick Fuentes at all. Believe who you want to Believe. Regardless, he had dinner with a Holocaust denier. So, obviously, everyone who hates Trump is going to use that against him. And it's tanking his numbers even more. Well, that's... I should not say tanking. His his numbers were already tanking. This is basically salt on the wound on the whatever Trump campaign that has barely started that was announced 15 days ago. Um, If anything, this dinner say, let's put this out in a hypothetical situation, I would have, I would not doubt for a single second, say, Trump and DeSantis are debating for the primary, DeSantis brings this up as a negative criticism against Trump. Like, I do not doubt that for a second, that he would not use this dinner. No matter what they even talked about, or who wasn't, I should say who was involved, whatever they talked about, or what was the interaction, it doesn't matter, it's just kind of a guilt by association, and the moderate wing of the G- of the Republican Party basically has further ammunition to try to dump Trump per se. No matter what, everybody the, everybody lost from this meeting. Like it's it's down the toilet, honestly, everybody. Now I want to talk about the perplexing notion of the Yeezy 2024 campaign, Kanye the Kanye tickets to the presidency. It's off to a rocky start. Obviously, barring, not barring, basically everything I've said up to this point. He's got a Holocaust denier, America First Dude, on his Twitter. He's got Milo Indianopoulos, the character, managing his campaign. Um, So what would be the full ramifications on Election Day? Well, obviously... Kanye is a ticket splitter with absolutely zero chance to win. What I mean by this is that he would only take votes from people who are center or right of center. In terms of he would he would split the vote further than what the libertarians already get from Republicans. That's the best way I can put it. Like, keep in mind, in, like, a last-ditch campaign that he had in 2020, he got 60,000 votes. 60,000 votes, wherever they may be, can change the outcome of an election. Joe Biden won by 50,000 votes in key areas in terms of the Electoral College and all that jazz. Like, say, even if Kanye, he probably wouldn't, but, say, he wins a single state, that is huge, That would throw off the entire balance of everything. Is he going to win an entire state? Probably not. Is he going to definitely have an influence on the election? Yeah, he will. He'll have the same amount of influence that a a libertarian candidate has every election year, which is just take more votes from the Republicans. Now, if anything, a Kanye ticket basically strengthens a Democrat's chances of winning, barring some massive scandal and horrible incident and whatnot we haven't had a recession yet biden's got a few years before he can make it out of that um some interesting i made some scenarios these are likely probably because kanye he was dead set on running in 2020 He's probably gonna get it, make it to the end in 2024. He's gonna be on the ballot for all 50 states in 2024. So, my prediction is, no matter what the scenario is, the Democrats have a chance between 45 and 55 percent of the vote. Um, In a non-split Republican ticket, the GOP has a 45 to 51 percent chance of getting the vote, or a 45 to 51 percentage rate of getting vote. Libertarians, 1% to 5%. I put Kanye at 02 and 0.5% of the popular vote. I do not see him getting over a single percentage because I don't see that many people voting for him. My personal prediction, he will not receive more than a million votes, but I think he'll honestly get more than 200,000 because, why do I say this? Well, uh, Two reasons primarily. Well, actually, my reasons being is his demographic. His target demographic that he would garner votes from. His fan base, which is massive, like any ride-or-die Kanye fan, is probably going to vote for Kanye no matter what in 2024, especially if they dislike either of the other candidates. Um, And then also evangelicals which is a rather big voting demo, voting block in uh, the U.S. It constitutes a large portion of Republican voters, and I don't doubt that with enough campaigning in certain areas, probably mainly, say, like the Bible Belt, for instance, uh, if Kanye primarily focused on campaigning, if he decides to campaign very much at all, and, like, say the Bible Belt, he could probably garner a lot of not a lot, but at least like a bit of the evangelical vote, because most of the time it goes Republican, like overwhelmingly. So uh the only Christian denomination that votes either somewhat or majority Democrat, not really, but the biggest like Christian voting block for Democrats would be Catholics. They don't get the majority, but they still get like a large part of it. But it's a significant amount as well. Anyways, um, Kanye, his campaign, if I'm 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 just purely going off of his previous campaign in 2020 and what his policies were, uh, is basically a very biblically centered policy. Uh, it's more biblically-centered than, say, Trump or DeSantis. He basically relates every and all issue. He connects it to the Bible. And then that, his interpretation of, say, specific scripture will influence what his policy is for each specific issue. So, will we have... So, here's what's interesting. We're going to have a four-way race with three right-wing candidates... Technically, four, but however you want to look at it. Basically, a Republican, a Libertarian, and an Independent that's going to take Republican votes. Sorry, hit the mic. That's going to take Republican votes. Now, we split that four ways because you got to keep in mind there's the very possibility, there's a very easy, big possibility. If DeSantis runs, he wins the GOP nomination, Trump is going to throw a tantrum and decide to run third party. And pull a 1912 and give the Democrats the largest electoral victory margin they've probably had since LBJ. Like, realistically. Yeah. Regardless, uh, Democrats' uh, chances in 2024 was looking up. After all, it's winner take all in the Electoral College. So we'll see. All right, back to some more interesting news it's rumble in Dixieland specifically georgia the georgia senate race is in six days everybody six count them six days we shall know in six days whether uh the democrats have increased their senate lead or if the republicans will still have the joe mansion in their pocket or not really pocket but as, as an ace up their sleeve why do i say this well in the sorry about that in the crucial uh vote to codify Roe v. Wade into law, uh, the Senate Democrats were short one vote, and this one vote was Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin didn't give Democrats the 50-50, so Kamala could use her tiebreaker, and, uh, yeah. So the Republicans basically need to really hope Walker pulls it off. I'm still thinking Warnock is gonna take it. He's an incumbent, um... We were obviously wrong on election day. He actually won on election day, but didn't get the uh, 50% margin, so went to a runoff. Uh, recent polling has showed three polling. Uh, one has them at tied. Surprise, surprise. Uh, another puts Warnock up four points. Kind of unrealistic, honestly. And then one another one puts Walker up by one point. Eh, maybe so. I'd say whatever. whoever wins, it's going to be... It's going to be less than a percentage. That is my prediction, honestly. Because we're going to see how the Libertarian votes are distributed amongst the two candidates. Probably more will go to Walker than Warnock, but we shall see. Early voting has already begun in in some areas of Georgia. It's uh, important to note that in the next election... Uh... Joe Manchin, conservative Democrat, repping West Virginia, will be up for re-election. Along with the 2024 Senate, races are looking increasingly leaning towards Democrat. Most of them are going to be in the Northeast, including Pennsylvania. So that will be quite the interesting battle. Um, Hopefully, not really, I shouldn't say hopefully. For Republicans, they should be hoping to actually, you know, win the Senate. They didn't. At all, um, so they basically get another do-over. Um, it's very early to call, after all. We just had an election, but speaking of those election results, as I mentioned on the last show, the House has been—I believe I called it or said Republicans took the House, in which they are—they have control of the House now, or they're going to anyway. However, House current House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy does not have the necessary votes to become the Speaker of the House. You need 218. He's short. Uh, The projected 222 majority uh, can't afford to lose five votes for the Speaker. Five Republican House Representatives have said they will not vote for McCarthy. Matt Gaetz of Florida, Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Bob Good of uh, Virginia and Matt Rosendale of uh, Montana. Um, the five are rejecting McCarthy. Uh, however, Good and Rosendale are basically demanding the speaker to have less power over committees. The speaker—it's some of the duties of the speaker of the House to basically, you know, appoint committee members, but they normally will have a great degree of influence over it. Uh, McCarthy has said he is willing to accept the terms of basically kind of limiting his power within the House uh, along with uh, dispersing, I guess, making uh, committees less his direct decision and more kind of spread out amongst the party and whatnot. Uh, All of this, of course, is to uh, get the uh, speakership of the House. Switching from U.S. day-to-day politics, we got a bit of an interesting note. Uh, Apple and Elon Musk are now in a spouting match over the past few days. Apple is supposedly, I say supposedly, threatening to pull Twitter from the App Store, which would be very detrimental. Detrimental? It'd be very bad for Twitter. Why do I say this? Well... In a survey or I guess a ratio, about little little under fifty percent of Twitter's user base is one on their phones, and two is on an iPhone, and so basically losing fifty percent of your users is it's not good. It's awful. It's it's terrible, actually. The issues seem to apparently, I've just read from kind of anecdotal evidence, of course, and other news sites saying that uh, the issue is stemming from the Apple's uh, 30% of the cut policy. Now, Apple, you get an app on the App Store, whatever money you make, 30% of it goes to Apple because it's like seen as you know their fee. We're hosting you on our platform, you're using our software, so we get a sweet 30% of the uh, cut. The Apple take of being 30% From what I've seen, is Elon says, oh, it's way too high. Now, I want to keep it... You got to keep in mind, this is after Twitter has lost lots of advertisers. Uh, Their revenue is apparently down by 49%. Sheesh! Not good, especially if you're trying to make a profit. It's a big business, after all. It's one of the largest social media apps in the country. Uh... Bottom line is, it's looking quite red for Elon when it comes to the uh, Twitterverse and whatever shenanigans he's uh, up to currently over there. Now, we have a very important story that's been developing. We had some early developments uh, today. Um, but we got to give some further uh, context back. So, about several months ago, uh, there was a rail strike that seemed pretty imminent. If you don't know, a lot of goods, food, commercial goods are shipped by uh, rail over the US. You know, trains, I know they still exist. Uh, uh, can you believe it? Uh, but there was a deal cut that prevented the strike. However, uh, another strike is uh, being threatened. As there was a deal reached, however, it's not substantial to the workers and it's only substantial to the union bosses. So now there appears to be a disconnect between the rail workers themselves and the leaders of the unions. Now, the Biden admin brokering a deal to make sure, you know, the country basically doesn't shut down uh, is striking a basically a quick end deal with the rail boss, the union bosses to make sure uh, nothing shuts down at all. Surprise, surprise, actually very much surprising. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida has voiced his support for the rail workers saying that he will basically vote no on any deal to come about. Um, now why is this prominent? Well, you have to keep in mind, this is Senator Marco Rubio. He's a Republican. The left, uh, Twitter leftists basically saw this as something completely out of left field. Um, I saw today quite a bit of mocking of the so-called pro-union president that uh, Biden is and saying that he's basically being outclassed by Marco Rubio, who to the Twitter leftists seemed like the last person to come out and support the rail workers and union leaders. Now, this, this whole... Fiasco basically has uh, damaged Biden's approval with the progressive and leftist wing of the Democrat Party or just progressive and progressives and leftist in general. Uh, there's several accounts on Twitter you can check out that basically they track Biden from a leftist standpoint on issues and what he promised to do and what he has done and hasn't done. And, uh, yeah, they don't like him at all. Like, I see basically at least one or two things today that say, yeah, Biden uh, uh, screwed up on this big time and uh, why did we vote for this guy? Stuff like that, you know. Um, now, the Ho- now, earlier today, the House of Representatives has passed the White House labor agreement that would force rail workers to accept it. Uh, While at the same time, the House of Representatives add a seven days paid sick leave to the uh, labor deal for the rail workers. Now, what's interesting is the Biden admin uh, did not want to add any sick leave. The original deal came with one day of paid sick leave a year. Imagine that. And so... The Biden administration says, we got to get this out as quickly as possible. Don't add anything that would be really good for these people. What are you talking about? We got to pass this quickly so we don't avoid a shutdown. It's not good optics. It doesn't doesn't make you look good. Saying that people can't get a a week out of the year of uh, paid sick leave. It's like, come on, man. Gosh. I guess since we're on the topic of progressives and leftists and the radical lefts, I guess I should, uh, I want to talk about a, a, a concept, a very interesting concept of American politics. Now, this concept, it's what, it's otherwise, it's known as the big tent. Now, the big tent is a reference to the tents of the parties. The U.S. being a duopoly of political parties where we have a two-party system that seems to uh, never break or falter at any uh, given moment or time, except almost in the uh, 90s with uh, Perot, but uh, that did not happen, unfortunately. The Big tents are basically what all the parties cover who is underneath these parties and who will vote for these parties no matter how far or extreme or how moderate or centrist they are um to give a good example the most famous big tent was obviously the 1950s and 60s uh democrats uh the party like the democrat party of uh lyndon B. johnson and uh john f kennedy now, this Democrat Party at the time consisted of Socialists, liberals and uh, Dixiecrats, A.K.A. segregationists. Uh, that bo- these three groups basically combined carried both uh, Presidents Kennedy and uh, Johnson uh, in '60 and '64. Post Civil Rights, however, or Post Civil Rights Act, however, the D- the Dixiecrats being pre alienated since a lot of Northern Democrats voted in favor of the Civil Rights Act, uh, basically uh, turned to the Republicans, who were more culturally aligned with them. Am I saying directly supportive segregation? No, I'm talking more like traditional values and stuff like that. Kind of more of a religious and cultural sentiment in comparison to the North. Or say, the Northern Democrats. I should be more specific. In uh, 2022, however, the uh, big tent, or not really the big super tent that it once was, is now more of a smaller one. still pretty big. It covers a lot of people. But uh, now we have the establishment is the vast majority, not the vast majority, but it's the majority within the Democrat Party, which is liberals and neoliberals. I'll touch on that in a minute. Uh, The progressives, who are leftists, socialists, they make up the minority in the party. They really only have a few, like, a few senators and then not too, too many uh, House representatives. And then the dinos, uh, conservative Democrats, think Manchin and whatnot. Uh, The dino, a very rare rare specimen, is very powerful, as it is... uh, easily has the most power, especially in a scenario where it's a 50-50 Senate, and they basically disagree with the uh, vast majority of stuff that their party uh, campaigns on, and uh, whatnot. Now, when I say Big tent, well, think about it, like, this way. The coalition Biden put together to defeat Trump in 2020 consisted of, basically, people who are right-wing... Because the Democrat Party, in terms of when you perfectly align all policy, is a right-wing party for, just generally speaking. Basically, you have right-wing people, and left-wing people, working together to vote a right-wing president, who's Reagan 6.0, basically. If you disagree, um, Biden is basically... You know, assertion of America's global position and status, the largest defense budget in uh, American history. Uh, he's maintained basically the same immigration policies, even from the Trump the Trump administration. Uh, you know, very famously quoted saying, "Nothing will fundamentally change." And amongst the uh, Twitter leftists, uh, basically, Biden is Diet Trump is basically his, their take on what, who Biden is as a president. Biden has had some, in terms of what the leftists agree with, uh, some good things done. However, he's kind of gone out and saying like post midterms, oh, we're not going to be able to make abortion legal. Oh, we're probably not going to get student loan debt cancellation through because we're dealing with court cases and stuff like that. Uh, oh, uh, we freed freed nonviolent drug offenders. However, we actually didn't because a lot of the people and our wording basically said, Oh, if they have a secondary charge, they still have to serve, which lunacy in terms of if you're trying to like, keep the support of the people who got you elected because believe it or not, um, the two groups that basically carried Biden in twenty twenty two in twenty 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 two in twenty twenty were progressives and leftists, but more importantly, obviously for our sake, uh, the suburbanites, the suburban voters, the proud owners from suburbia, uh, carried Biden to the presidency. And now, when I mentioned earlier Biden being a right wing president, well. There's a very famous adage I've heard is that the Republicans of today are the Democrats of ten years ago. Now, this adage, when you fully look at it, is very it it makes a lot of sense, honestly. Like Hillary Clinton, like Hillary Clinton's a great example. She didn't support gay marriage until 2013, and. Barack Obama didn't support gay marriage until his re-election in 2012. Like, I guess, just to give an example. Also, you know, both the Democrats and Republicans are in favor of promoting the U.S.'s global power projection and uh, dominance over the world, basically. I guess uh, a little, little brief break from politics. Now some excitement, some patriotism. USA! 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 The USA has advanced to the knockout round of the World Cup. And will play the Dutch uh, later this week. Uh, three On December 3rd. 7 a.m. if you're on the West Coast. Woo! You have to get up at 6. Uh, USA had a pretty good record. I say good for, I guess... I don't know, football standards. I'm not an expert on the sport, obviously. Um, getting a draw with Wales and getting a very up... getting They didn't win, but it was basically an upset. Basically an upset draw against England, which is one of the best teams in the world. And then a 0-1 to one score against uh, Iran, Iran. Very good games. Very good games. England has also advanced to the next round, but will probably not uh, play the U S depending on who advances and, uh, whatnots because say the English have to beat the French. I say beat, obviously anything could happen. This is sports we're talking about. Their upsets are common. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. They beat Messi. Now every player in, Ar- in Saudi Arabia, that every player from the Saudi Arabia national team is getting a Roll Royce and a national holiday. Go them. However, uh, if the US beats the Netherlands, we the US then has to play Argentina. Like I said, Argentina, one of the best teams in the world. However, we did get an upset with England, so anything is possible. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt if they could if they couldn't do it, but hey, we'll see. Now I bring up the World Cup, one big news. You know, it's an event. It got every happens every four years. Uh, it's happening in the winter, which is awesome. It was great to watch the football games during Thanksgiving break. But I mention it because. Um, The U.S.'s current victory, or I guess draw-draw win, has basically created a uh, sense of patriotism and unity that has not been seen uh, for many, many years. Uh, Specifically, the game with England saw many otherwise anti-U.S. people and or Twitter accounts basically uh, fully support the U.S. during the World Cup. I don't know. It's a very interesting re- igniting of patriotism that's not really commonly seen specifically on on online spaces like many people many famous and prominent accounts were basically uh clowning the english after we uh drawed with them during uh the world cup game so yeah um next game december 3rd against the dutch van de vish van de Mis. ja yeah. That's, I think that's, no, that's not Dutch. I need to learn some Dutch words. Anywho, uh, back to um, some dystopian news. Now, I say dystopian because it's very, it's not, it's not, it's not good. So, um, if you don't know, China, uh, the People's Republic of China, has had a zero COVID policy since who knows when, forever. You know, they started reporting zero cases a day um i want to say in the midpoint of 2020 however the zero covid policy has caused mass unrest amongst the population people are furious uh the extreme lockdowns and measures has caused uh, basically state enforced homelessness and quarantine across the entire country China has been building like quarantine camps that can host hundreds of thousands of people on major highways and China has also cracked down on the protest via restricting uh, communication Apple the company I mentioned earlier who's in a bit of a spat with Elon Musk Apple is uh, uh, blocked the airdrop filter from Chinese iPhone users it's uh, showcase this basically China has been basically blocked any form of communication amongst protesters. And so they were using airdrop to, uh, send information everywhere because I could be wrong, but I believe you can airdrop 30, 20, 15 feet away or something along those lines. But, uh, they restricted that. And it just goes to show that Apple, Apple's loyalties are first to profit and they have no, um, moral shame or, uh, I guess, guilt for cooperating with the, uh, communist China, the, the Chinese communist party. And they're pretty much, they're not even pretty much. They're totalita- their totalitarian measures against their own people. Um, the protests have seen a blank piece of paper become the symbol of resistance Quite interesting, quite interesting. I remember during the Hong Kong protest a few years back, it was the umbrellas, I believe, was the main symbol, the black umbrella, specifically. Now, the White House and the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, have come out in support for the uh, zero COVID policy protest. However, um, Prime Minister Trudeau has been called out for hypocrisy, mainly over his harsh crackdown over... Crackdown is his over his harsh crackdown on the truckers protest, uh, over a, over COVID. It was a COVID vaccine. It was a COVID vaccination policy. It was something to do with, um, crossing the U S Canadian border. And now people are saying, Oh, you support these people's right to protest, but you don't support your own people's right to protest. Kind of just pointing that out. Uh, we shall see how Xi Jinping responds. It's actually interesting. Uh, so Xi Jinping has is on his third term as leader of China, which has not happened since Mao Zedong. Uh, he's basically made it, so you know, he can be president for life. Uh, but we shall see if these protests continue to grow and grow, could the Communists uh, lose the mandate of heaven? That is very much a history reference, if you know. I guess I'll explain that a little bit. Uh, so, Mandate of Heaven is basically the religious justification for a Chinese dynasty to rule over China. And if a dynasty fell, then it was said, oh, well, they have lost the Mandate of Heaven. And people will say or joke about how, oh, we're currently in the Mao, the Mao dynasty. Like how we were in the 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 Chiang Kai-shek dynasty or the Republic dynasty or stuff along those lines. That's going to be all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Check out our other programming and live shows. Uh, This has been Capitol Hill Landscaping with Scotty. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you all next time. Have a good one.